The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 558 for February 19th, 2017. It's an unlimited world. Verizon brings back their unlimited data plan. T-Mobile one-ups Big Red with tweaks to their plan. And Sprint and AT&T play catch-up with offerings of their own. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. Available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, after six years of pushing people off its legacy unlimited plan, Verizon is bringing back a new version of the offering. The new Verizon Unlimited plan launched on Monday, February 13th, and customers can now get unlimited talk, text, and data for only $80 a month. That includes calls and texts to Canada and Mexico. An uh, equivalent uncapped family plan charges $45 a line for four people or $180 a month. And as expected, the unlimited plan has a few limitations, so specifically hotspot tethering limited to 10 gigs of LTE data, then drops back to 3G speeds thereafter. And though data is uncapped, users of large amounts of data, as defined by Verizon as 22 gigabytes per month or more, they will be deprioritized over other customers if the network is congested. Verizon says they don't expect the network management to happen often, only in the event of that congestion. Uh, also, you can add a connected device like a Verizon Wear 24 for only an additional $5 per month. Tablets will be added for $20 per device. And there's also an international travel pass, which is 500 megabytes per day uh, at 2G speeds then thereafter, available for $10 per day in countries other than Canada and Mexico. As an added bonus, the Verizon Unlimited plan includes 500 megs per day for data roaming in Mexico and Canada, and users will be required to sign up for AutoPay to get the pricing when selecting this plan. Now, along with the new plan, Verizon also announced a promotional trade-in offer giving free flagship class phones to those who switch from other carriers. The offer requires users to choose the new $80 Unlimited plan, as well as a working trade-in that is fully paid off. Customers will need to port their number from a competing service provider and then can select either the iPhone 7, 7 Plus, Google Pixel, Moto Z Droid, Moto Z Force Droid, Samsung Galaxy S7, S7 Edge, or the LG V20. Verizon will then provide up to $792 towards the cost of the phone spread out over 24 months. In order to get one of the above phones for free, switchers will need to trade in either an iPhone 6, 6 Plus, 6S, or 6S Plus, as well as the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus, of course, a Galaxy S6, S6 Edge, uh, S7, S7 Edge, Note 5, LG G5, V20 from LG, or the HTC 10. Customers have who have an older phone to trade in, such as the Apple iPhone SE, Samsung Note 4, Galaxy S5, LG G4, V10, or HTC M9 will have to pay $5 per month for one of the free phones being offered by Verizon. Verizon did not say how long that promotion would be available. But not to be outdone, uh, Sprint jumped in and said, hey, we're going to offer something else. Uh, And Thursday, they came out with an updated version of their unlimited plan that improved video quality that includes up to 10 gigs of mobile hotspot data, similar to Verizon. And the new plan now allows customers to stream video at 1080p HD HD, rather than the 480p previously. They can also stream music up to 1.5 megabits per second uh, versus the previous 512 kilobits per second. And games have been increased from 2 megabits per second to 8 megabits per second. These represent significant improvements over the Sprint previous 
uh, offerings and subscribers will still be subject, though, to data deprioritization when the network is congested. This deal is only available to new customers, and they must sign up for the unlimited talk, text, and data with Sprint AutoPay. The first line is 50 bucks. The second line is 40 And if you want two additional lines, you can get them for free for an all-in cost of $90, though taxes and fees are not included. However, the rate is only good through March 31st, 2018. After that date, subscribers to the promotion will see the first line jump to $60 a month, the second line to $40, and lines three and four will increase to $30 each. Also, after March 31st, streamed music, video, and games will be capped at the lower bit rates. So while you get the upgraded speeds now, they go back down to the lower speeds in a year. Accompanying the revised plan, Sprint is tempting customers with a free phone lease. So customers who switch or port their number can lease a 32-gig iPhone 7 at no cost for 18 months with a qualifying trade. Eligible trade-in devices include the iPhone 7, 7 Plus, 6S, 6S Plus, Samsung GS7, 7 Edge, GS6, and 6 Edge, Note 5, LG V20, G5, and Moto Droid 2. And it wasn't just Sprint. Then there was T-Mobile, of course. Uh, They jumped in on uh, just a few hours after Verizon on Monday, improving their plan uh, that they called the T-Mobile One Unlimited Service Plan. It's now being offered to customers for $10 less per month, now $70 versus $80. Also, you can get two lines of the unlimited service for only $100 a month. The main changes uh, to that plan also provide that subscribers get access to HD video rather than the standard definition uh, that was offered for $3 a day on that HD upgrade add-on. So that now silliness is all gone. Also, 10 gigs of LTE mobile hotspot data is included, similar to both Sprint and Verizon, uh, versus the 3G tethering of before. And best of all for customers, Verizon uh, T-Mobile has matched the features of Verizon's plan without increasing the price. And like I said, $70 is the price now. And it is inclusive of taxes and fees. The news was announced by T-Mobile CEO John Ledger via his Twitter account. Some details are still not really clear, such as what HD means, whether that's 720p or 1080p, though, according to a T-Mobile spokesperson talking to The Verge, uh, they're saying that HD video will stream at whatever uh, the the quality is that is provided by the content provider. Um, uh, so there shouldn't be any concerns that it's going to be limited or optimized further, but we'll see. Uh, should you leave HD disabled, though, you'll still get the DVD quality only video that's standard with T-Mobile One. So you've got to make uh, check that box, basically, to make it change over to HD video. The rest of the features on T-Mobile's plan remain in effect, including unlimited calling, texting, and data to and from and within both Mexico and Canada, of course, as well as the United States, and unlimited 2G data, though it's 256 kilobits per second around the world. And you also get one hour of free GoGo in-flight data plus unlimited texting while on that flight. Um, Data kickback is still also in effect. So users consuming less than two gigs of data in a pay period will receive a $10 credit on their bill. These changes uh, to T-Mobile's one plan go into effect uh, on the 17th of Friday, which uh, February, which was this past Friday. Um, also to note, there are still additional options uh, on the, t- so there's multiple unlimited plans. So you can now get an unlimited plan for $5 more that adds in um, the unlimited go-go in-flight uh, access. So basically, if you're a frequent traveler for five bucks a month, it's probably worth your while uh, if you fly on uh, airlines that use the go-go service. Also, I think it's an additional either 15 or $20 on top of that 
We'll get you then unlimited, uh, what is it, unlimited calling internationally, something like that. So there's an, uh, an international unlimited component to this as well. Finally, it was AT&T's turn on Thursday to announce its own uh, unlimited family plans. Uh, beginning on Friday the 17th, customers could sign up for a wireless-only AT&T unlimited plan that AT&T says will cost $180 for a family of four. The package includes four lines with unlimited data, talk, and text. The first line is $100 with each additional line costing $40. The four-person plan will start with a cost of $220 a month. That's the $100 plus the three lines at $40. But the $180 monthly price reflects a $40 credit for that fourth line, which won't be applied for uh, several months into uh, the contract uh, or the, the service that once it's been established. Um, also, the new AT&T Unlimited plan does not include tethering or mobile hotspot. AT&T says customers who wish to use those features should select a mobile share advantage plan instead. The Unlimited plan includes its stream saver by default, which downgrades video to 480p resolution to cut down on data use. Customers can turn it off at no additional cost, though, to stream HD video. Further, AT&T may throttle data speeds once customers exceed that uh, magical 22 gigabytes of data cap every month. The Unlimited plan for AT&T also allows customers to make unlimited calls from the United States to Mexico and Canada, as well as roaming at no extra cost in Canada and Mexico, as well as sending unlimited text messages to more than 120 other countries. AT&T's plan costs the same as Verizon's four lines at $180. AT&T's separate unlimited data plan for DirecTV customers also still remains in place. So uh, a crazy week uh, for all of this, right? So it took us nine minutes to talk about it. And effectively, all the carriers now have unlimited data plans back in place. It's been years since we were able to actually say that, but they're all now here. So what happened? Why did this quick shift occur? Um, you can trace it back to uh, the kind of the, the movement that uh, T-Mobile and Sprint have been making a from a couple of years ago to, uh, you know, just kind of the, the overall groundswell of uh, support and or, um, you know, adoption to those carriers that's come over the last couple of years and, and to those specific plans. But either way, Verizon really kicked it off this week with their announcement. And as the biggest carrier in the country, it made sense that everyone was going to fall in line after they made that decision. You're right. And that's a good point to bring up kind of the, the somewhat uh, historical perspective here, especially when uh, T-Mobile decided that, you know, you won't have any overage charges, uh, thus making unlimited plans, even though you, you had, you know, this data bucket of, you know, two gigs, four gigs, whatever you, you paid for of high speed uh, data, it would still be unlimited just throttled down. So these carriers have kind of decided that 22 gigs is equivalent to unlimited, which I still don't really like. I, I would call this a 22 gig plan, but, uh, you know, okay, they're, they're saying they may impose uh, throttle caps after 22. So we'll just see how it goes because it probably is, for them, it's probably only, you know, 0.2% of their customers that actually ever exceed 22 gigs, right? There's just those handful of, uh, you know, very, very heavy data users. So we'll see how it goes there with that point. But but like you said, a lot of people have been moving to T-Mobile and their, their growth has been just unbelievable. And uh, Verizon finally said, you know what, they're, they're, they're doing too well here. So we better uh, compete with them a little bit because, you know, we may be in jeopardy based on uh, how much T-Mobile has improved in all the quality surveys and the, the size of their network and the speed of the network and the and of course the plans and the simplicity of the plans and the the roaming for charges all the stuff that you're now getting with them uh they they've all decided that you know what people don't like watching their data i don't uh, you know you mickey i know it, it's a, it's obnoxious to have to think about it have to worry about it um and now that you've been on a plan that you haven't had to worry about it at all i know you feel very liberated and it uh, it's a great thing to have indeed and you know so to 
kind of clarify a couple of things there. So T-Mobile is saying that if congested, uh, the top 3% of data users, which they clarify or, or classify as those using more than 28 gigabytes of data per month may reduce uh, see notice reduce speeds, that is. So basically they are saying that 28 gigs is a point in which 3% of their users are exceeding every month, which to me sounds like somebody who is um, basically doesn't have an internet connection is using this for their, their entire connection while at home. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing you kind of mentioned about the the, the T-Mobile streaming uh, thing where you now have, you know, unlimited uh, HD where the, 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 the streams aren't uh, throttled down and restricted. You know, there was one thing you had mentioned uh, previously when you first started uh, using the binge on is that, yes, the, the quality is reduced and you don't really notice it that much on the smaller screen. And I have to agree because I was having uh, Netflix was throttling the uh, the streaming down on the Verizon network. Uh, well, all the way around. And um, the one thing that that gives you is actually uh, lower issues of dropping out because if you've got a really high bitrate uh, HD video stream coming in, you'll be much more susceptible to uh, you know stalls in the, the the video stream because of the, the the bandwidth required for those higher data streams. So keeping the lower bit rates on for videos actually may give you a better customer experience for a smoother video. So I want to I want to talk a little bit about what what this actually means now because um, you know the question then is so we've got these options now both of us are using different networks or we're both each using a different network uh, so did either of us jump uh, and move over to one of these plans and so um, when uh, when Friday hit I decided to take a look and and see what it would mean to to make the switch over. And in the back of my mind, I, I kind of figured that I would not be able to do it. So that, that's the short version of this is I didn't. But here's why. So when, uh, call it two months ago, when Ver- uh, T-Mobile offered um, the promotion to add an additional uh, line per line that you have at no cost, I jumped on it. And so I went and got two tablet uh, lines or two tablet SIM cards. And uh, I've got one of them in uh, an iPad that I own. Actually, both of them. Um, I use in iPads. Uh, one though, I actually don't have in any device right now because um, I had pulled out a Verizon card uh, to put that T-Mobile card back in, and now I've decided to put the Verizon card back in for the time being and, and play around with that. And because effectively the T-Mobile service is at no cost, it doesn't matter if I'm using it or not using it. But either way, um, I figured there might be an issue with this because it was tied specifically to the plan that I had, and one of the qualifiers to having that credit come through every month for this was to have uh, that qualifying line on the plan. So I, uh, I went on Friday to try and make a, a, a change here. And uh, when I finally did get to the screen, which took a little bit of time because there was ultimately um, a lot of traffic on the site and a lot of timeouts and stuff. But when I did get to the, 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 the you know, page that was showing me the different options for the plan, sure enough, was showing me this unlimited OnePlus promo with HD video and more, which could have been offered for effectively uh, $100 for both of my voice lines that I have. Um, but there was also um, the, the the change that would then be made to those tablet lines. And each one of those tablet lines would go from effectively free to $75 a month. Now, this is a very interesting, um, it was very interesting to me, and obviously I did not do it for obvious reasons. Uh, but uh, what it appeared is that th- this is in the option if you have uh, no qualifying plan to add on a tablet line uh, for $75. They call it the T-Mobile One tablet. So effectively an unlimited tablet plan. But $75 for a tablet line is awfully steep. Um, and it got me thinking about it. And I thought, well, first of all, maybe I just you know, just sacrifice those two lines. Do I really need them? No, they're they nice to have. 
they're sort of nice. I don't really, again, but you know, it's like, well, they're there and they're included in the plan. So why wouldn't I want to keep them? So I started thinking more about the plan and here's, here's what the realization I came to. So Yes, unlimited sounds great. And for many people, this is going to be the way to go. But um, if you have one of the existing T-Mobile plans, just, just think about it in, in this regard. Um, when you signed up for that plan, you got a, a, a bucket of data, whether it was 6 gigs or 10 gigs or whatever the promo was that you signed up for. Subsequently, you got multiple additional you know, value plays with that. So you got the music freedom. So all of the music that you listen to get zero rated. So it does not get included in that, that amount of data that you get you, you use. Then there's binge on. If you leave the service low, and as Joey has pointed out here, um, with that lower stream, you have, you're less apt to problems with the stream itself. And all of that data is then subsequently zero rated as well. And so when you switch over to an unlimited plan, those features effectively go away because again, it's unlimited. So there's no issues in, you know, with how much data that you use. So, um, you're, you're now going to be using more data potentially because, or it's going to show that you're using more data. Uh, and if you happen to be one of those people who is doing a lot of one of these other services, you may run into an issue with this. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, video, especially HD video, uh, you know, Netflix, you know, streams at uh, five megabits per second on the higher quality, you know, 1080p's, you can easily get to 22 gigs with not actually that many hours of watching the video. And you may be starting to hit past their quote unlimited. Yeah. So the other thing that is you've got to keep in mind is that if you're on one of these plans that has a set amount of of uh of data per your plan, the um, you probably still have the data stash feature enabled as well, which is the rollover data that T-Mobile offers. So, and they allow you to carry over up to 20 gigabytes uh, from you know on that plan, and that means that if you can start to build up this data, you continue to kind of have this bank of 20 gigabytes sitting there. Um, which also means that you can use that not only as an effectively a 30 gigabyte per month of high speed data plan, you also get 30 gigabytes of tethering to use because tethering is enabled on the plan and tethering is available for all of that data. So if you need to have more tethered data, you, you may want to consider that as well. So there are some, there are some kind of, you know, trade-offs if you go with one of these these new plans it's not like it's going to be the best plan for everybody so as an example for me yeah i've got to play, pay taxes and fees on my lines but i get additional an additional two full sim card plans or you know basically to use uh in included in that price so it's uh for me it just made more sense to stay with the plan that i had versus going to unlimited plan and with all of that what you just went through it really goes to show this is way too complicated. I mean, why is it this complicated? This is just data. It's just data stream. Why Why are there this, all these endless options? So this is why the unlimited plans are out, even though it's still not cut and dry. They, they like to make you think it is, but uh, it's still not. And uh, it's going to be a while here before we get to that very, very, very simple unlimited plan where it's just unlimited and we probably never will because of the uh issues with data caps and the way they need to monetize these things because it's just probably not going to happen for a while it someday it may be but uh, not quite yet and if you think about you know at least in my mind the, the biggest issue that we have comes into with the tethering right they're they're going to have to continue to to 
somehow qualify that amount of data. And um, it's it, because otherwise, it, you know, it's so easy to tether at this point. I mean, especially if you've got a Mac and you're using a Mac or uh, as we just talked about last week, if you've got a Pixel and you've got another Android tablet and you can just literally just connect up without even touching the device, um, it, it's it's very easy to do that. And you ultimately could burn through just tons and tons and tons of data. And so there's going to have to be um, at least some sort of limit on these unlimited plans um, for for the, those that are using uh, just so much data that uh, they're they're going way over on these on these plans. So um, it's uh, it's just fascinating though that as we followed this industry so closely, um, you know, and, and this obviously as, as you probably are starting to listen to this show, you knew what the the, the topic uh, at the top of the show was going to be. Um, but it, it is is hit mainstream media. I saw it talked about on the Today Show this week. I saw it talked about on the nightly news, and it's like. Just something that all of a sudden like actually resonates with people that, yes, you can go back to unlimited plans now. Right. Absolutely. And that's why they I think that's why they really did jump on it. And in kind of a uh, maybe a kind of a back burner reason, especially, you know, now with the uh, changes here, that this was probably also in the works to uh, try to cut down the scrutinization uh, of the SEC and the net neutrality uh, rules as well. But there's still these these qualifiers on it. That's the thing that is just it's it, we still have not addressed the fact that and I don't know where this 22 gigabytes number came in. It just seems so arbitrary. Why not 20 or 25? I mean, it just it's such a random number. It's probably based on statistics and what people have been using. It probably is. And it gets you to the call it the three percent of people or something where you're talking about such a small amount that it's it's almost going to be unnoticed. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Although you think about how many you know users that are out there. I mean, three percent of people, uh, and there's over three hundred million users out there. Uh, we're talking about ten million people. Uh, that that's still not an insignificant number of users, right? Uh, but over the course of the number of lines that are out there, yeah, I guess it's 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 relatively small. However, they want a number like that because they still want to bring in more money from people like that who want to uh, have, who want to and or need to pay more to to exceed those data. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, so uh, unlimited is here, and uh, you can make the switch. And uh, if you've made the change, we'd love to hear for, from you. Uh, and if it's been uh, it, good or bad, or what you have noticed with it, or maybe you've switched carriers now because you've had the option to. Um, I see Verizon potentially gaining a lot of uh, traffic because of this. Uh, you know, one of the main pain points that was not available from them, and now they have it. So I will uh, we'll have to keep a keep a close eye on this to kind of see how things go. Also this week from Verizon, the carrier announcing that it uh, and Awesomeness TV no longer plan to develop premium content for mobile devices. Verizon had invested a 24.5% stake in Awesomeness TV last year with the intent of introducing new programming for millennials that would start would stand apart, that is, from Verizon's existing Go90 video product. Uh, the plans have been shelved, and so they say rather than launch a new and separate venture, we've decided to instead double down on the awesomeness uh, episodic series output for Go90 and also extend the term of our relationship to build the best uh, on mo the momentum we're seeing with the Gen Z target audience. Verizon said in a statement, the change in strategy comes a month after Verizon laid off 155 people from its Go90 team. In other news, Qualcomm Monday announcing two components that should improve how Wi-Fi hotspots and mobile devices work together with each other. The first component is the IPQ8074. This is a system on a chip for gateways and routers. Qualcomm says uh, the 8074 improves network capacity by a factor of four through 12 streams, eight 5 gigahertz and four 2.4 gigahertz, uh, eight by eight uh, multiple input, multiple output, 80 megahertz channels. 
Uh, and the system on a chip includes an 802.11ax radio, as well as Mac and baseband, plus a quad-core 64-bit A53 CPU, a dual-core network accelerator to provide a fully offloaded 11ax subsystem. Uh, Qualcomm manages all of this in its Wi-Fi self-organizing network and to help in, uh, ease the installation plans, reduce dead spots, and optimize traffic. The 8074 works hand-in-hand with the QCA6290 system on a chip for devices, which can take advantage of all of the 8074 uh, that it has to offer with peak speeds of 1.8 gigabits per second by using both the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz bands together with the 1024 QAM. All of this, according to Qualcomm, can help boost capacity and speed while cutting down power requirements by as much as two-thirds. Qualcomm says the 8074 and 6290 will sample at some point during the first half of the year, though we don't know when this will yet reach um, routers and mobile devices. Also, Sprint parent SoftBank is uh, said to be preparing to sell Sprint to T-Mobile parent Deutsche Telekom, a similar story that we've been talking about now for about four years. According to sources familiar with the matter, SoftBank is frustrated with the sluggish growth of its stateside subscriber base and is ready to surrender control through a sale. A 2013 deal between AT&T and T-Mobile, if you'll recall, fell through due to antitrust concerns by both the FCC and Department of Justice. No further information, though, was released by either company. And nearly 10 years after Apple launched the iPhone, the device and company that preceded it uh, as the leader in the industry have effectively been wiped out. Yes, BlackBerry has fallen to a rounded 0.0% share among smartphone operating systems over uh, the previous quarter, uh, shipping just 207,000 smartphones last quarter following an over seven-year decline from its peak market share of approximately 20% in 2009. Uh, This is according to the latest quarterly data from research firm Gartner. And as we've been talking about for years, iPhone and Android, 17.9% and 81.7% respectively, are the two primary mobile operating systems being used around the world at this point. They pull in 99.6% of worldwide smartphone market share who is the remaining uh, one-third of a percent, that would be Windows 10 Mobile, the only other operating system platform to pull out any amount of volume. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of, uh, th- this is worse than I expected, even faster than I expected for these two to decline. Uh, I mean, BlackBerry did make a pretty good effort with their OS 10. I mean, it, w- it, it was very functional, worked nice, it was smooth. Uh, and of course, Windows Mobile was kind of the same thing, but uh, just just nothing behind them. And, and Microsoft uh, did do a huge effort, lots of marketing, tried to really tie it in with the Windows 8 launch. And it's just, it, it's nothing at 0.3%. It's, uh, uh, it's just, uh, I mean, Android versus iPhone. That's all we have. And I think the most interesting factor in that or piece in that is that I didn't realize just how, how you know, spread apart, apart those two were. Android globally, 81.7%, call it 82%. And the iPhone at 17.9%. Um, I mean, it is a quarter of what Android is. I mean, that that's just unbelievable to think about, you know, because I, you know, we live in our little, at least, you know, Joey and I, we, in the US, you see Android phones, certainly. But I mean, it's it almost feels like 50-50 when in comparison to the iPhone. 
And it may be in the U.S. It may be 50-50. I, I kind of doubt it's that high, but it, it's probably a higher percentage here. But but globally, it, it kind of makes sense given the, the price of Android, uh, especially when it's, you know, open source versions that float around on a lot of devices and or just you know, very inexpensive for, for some of the manufacturers to actually have it on their products. And of course, it's exceptionally capable and it can run on some pretty, uh, I would say, uh, you know, uh, low cost processors. So uh, of course, it's going to be big, right? I mean, it's got a global global presence with app stores everywhere and it's just what people want to use yeah and there's you know obviously people are you know choosing you know devices for various reasons here in the u.s a lot of times it's because you know that's the best deal that they could get on a device and uh, or they wanted to spend a certain amount of money and that amount of money um, you know may have allowed them to get a a flagship device, or maybe it didn't, and uh, it, 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 there's again a lot of factors that go into this. So it seems like your your you know your your observation though that maybe it's fifty fifty here in the U.S. Um, is maybe why that feels like that. And I have not seen recent numbers, but um, I guess it's always been relatively close to that. So that would make definitely some sense there. Uh, talking about more about devices here, uh, Apple this week is joining the Wireless Power Consortium, according to IHS Technologies and the WPC's website. Apple is listed as a backing member now of the organization, which is uh, behind the Qi wireless charging standard. This is the first time Apple has appeared in either uh, of the standards. And while Apple is not backing Qi competitor Airfuel Alliance, formerly the Power Matters Alliance, Apple's membership in the WPC does not necessarily mean the company plans to bring wireless charging to its mobile devices, though certainly one can speculate. Uh, many of Apple's competitors already have at least one or even both of the charging standards built in. Samsung supports both, which makes the devices compatible with just about every wireless charger on the planet. The, chan uh, ch the chance uh, could come soon as the next version of the iPhone will uh, appear this fall, uh, though some say Apple's iteration might not be ready until 2018. The FCC Thursday approved a new unannounced phone from Huawei that appears to be the P10. The company is expected to announce that P10 flagship phone at the Mobile World Congress trade show in Barcelona in just a couple of weeks. The document made public on the FCC's website shows the external design of the phone to reveal wide support for many LTE bands expected in a flagship phone, uh, but reveals few other details. Two versions have been approved so far, with both supporting the primary bands used by AT&T and T-Mobile, though neither appears specifically designed for U.S networks and neither supports LTE band 30 or 66 as an example. One version supports dual SIM cards and the phone has dual rear cameras, a USB-C connector and a 3.5 millimeter audio jack. All metal designs and rounded sides, large in, in injected antenna bands resembling those of the Apple iPhone 7. The phone also includes NFC and dual band Wi-Fi. Unlike previous Huawei phones, so there does not appear to be a fingerprint sensor on the back. HTC Thursday said it plans to exit the entry-level phone market moving forward and will just instead focus on the handset portfolio of higher margin devices. The company made the comments during a conference call with media to discuss its fourth quarter fiscal results. HTC said it will continue to sell and support entry-level phones that are ready in its uh, sales channels, but the company will reduce the total number of phones to six or seven in the 2017 calendar year. HTC cited the high level of competition in the entry-level space as one reason for the dropping of low-cost phones from its lineup as well as the slim chance that it will be able to create profits from such devices. The company said it needs to focus on profitability of its handset business moving forward and will only make mid-range and high-end devices. HTC announced the U Ultra and HTC U Play at CES in January. Those phones expected to go on sale next month. 
LG Thursday said it has developed a new version of its Android user interface skin to take advantage of the unique 18 by 9 aspect ratio display in the forthcoming G6 flagship smartphone. The phone's display will measure 5.7 inches across the diagonal with a 2880 by 1440 pixel resolution. LG marketing the size and full aspect ratio as a full vision screen. Uh, to start, LG will use more pixels at the top and bottom of the screen to display useful controls and information within selected applications, such as the browser, video player, and games. The 18 by 9 ratio means LG can split the UI into two equally sized squares. LG envisions that this will be particularly useful when multitasking with two apps open side by side at the same time. Some apps, such as the calendar, will be able to make use of both windows, for example, uh, and the calendar can show one full month in one square and a detailed view in the user's agenda in the other. Moreover, the camera will include a one-by-one -one shooting mode that lets people see most of their most recent shot in a one square next to a live look of their subject through the viewfinder. The camera also gains a new food mode uh, and GIF creator. LG also teased a number of the G6's other features in the recent weeks, suggesting it will be uh, reliable, waterproof, and more. Uh, LG is expected to announce an the phone on February 26th during Mobile World Congress. ZTE Friday said it is exploring changes to its Project CSX Hawkeye smartphone and is canceling its current Kickstarter funding campaign. Project CSX started as a community-based program to create a smartphone with features imagined by the public. The original intent was to bring a crowdsourced device to the market by the end of 2017. They say Project CSX has always been about going against the norm and trying something different, but above all, listening to you, the consumer. And based on the feedback we've received from both the Kickstarter and our own Z community forums, we've decided to phase out the campaign. But that doesn't mean the project is over. ZTE said the devices that uh, consumers are wanting will be still created by the company, and they, uh, ZTE is no longer sure that it can meet the end of the 2017 release goal, though. Uh, it expects to move uh, to provide an update on the CSX Project Hawkeye in the next month or two. If you have funded that campaign, the company will be refunding all pledges contributed to date. Yeah, sometimes uh, you know consumers don't actually know what they want, and that's what's kind of interesting. And group think... Uh, doesn't usually lead you to anything that great. And that's n not always the case, but it, it frequently is. And that's why sometimes, you know, companies, they, they, they use focus groups and they use, they try to narrow things down, but sometimes you just get too generic, too muddled and too many demands. And then there's just not anything that's that good because it's just, it's too many compromises for what they want. And, uh, that, that, that's what can happen here. And I'm sure that's probably what happened with this device where there's just Everybody wants a little bit of everything, and it, it never really leads to to any real clear, this is what consumers really want to have. Yeah, and to that point, uh, you know, one of the, the most interesting quotes um, that, uh, you know, that I've, I've heard recently is, you know, that, it, and this is not a new quote, but it, it's kind of reminded me of, of, of this, as you mentioned it, was, um, if you want to um, see the future, you need to invent it, or some, something to that iteration, which is to say, you know, what does the customer want? Who knows? But ultimately, I, you know, I think that we should be, uh, you know, we should be looking to these companies to be innovative and in coming up with ideas and, and seeing if, if they're actually going to to stick as, as people announce them. So um, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting, and uh, as we kind of move forward, here, I think we should, uh, you know, we should expect to have companies like ZTE coming out not only with products that they think are, uh, you know, what the customer wants, but they should come up with ideas for things that uh, that the customer will be able to benefit from.
In software news, Google on Monday made it easier to keep track of and share spots thanks to its new list tool in Google Maps. Maps users can take advantage of a preset list of categories such as want to go or favorites as well as creating their own. Lists are accessible via the Maps side menu under your places and icons for saved spots will appear on Maps themselves so users can already see uh, can always see when they are nearby. Uh, all lists can be shared via text, email, social networks, and messaging applications. And Google says lists are available on mobile, including Android and iOS, as well as desktop machines, and can even be saved for offline access. Lists uh, will be made available to most users over the days ahead. Uh, so look for that to be coming uh, to an update to you. Uh, Amazon this week announcing its new video meeting service called Chime. So this specifically targets businesses looking for an easier and more manageable way to host video meetings. According to their release, they say meetings start on time because they're easy to join. Meetings call you and you can join with a single tap. Lengthy pins are a thing of the past. A visual roster shows you who has joined the meeting and who is running late and allows anyone to mute background noise. Uh, Amazon Chime offers rich apps for iOS, Android, Windows, and Mac. And your chats are always synchronized across your devices so you can seamlessly switch between devices at any time, including, of course, in the middle of a meeting. Now, the basic service is for free, but only for two people. The middle tier, which is known as Plus, is also limited to just two people, but adds screen sharing and the use of a corporate directory for $2.50 per user per month. The pro plan, which is clearly the one Amazon hopes to sell, costs users $15 per user per month, and that is available with a free 30-day trial. The pro plan also offers meetings up to 100 people and the ability to share screens, schedule meetings, record both audio and video, and connect in existing conference room video systems. Amazon claims that the service offers crystal clear audio and high definition thanks to the bandwidth and robust services provided by Amazon Web Services. Nest on Tuesday updated its camera software and mobile application for Android and iOS devices with new features and tools for keeping homes safe. In conjunction with its indoor and outdoor security cameras, the Nest Aware, the Nest mobile application has learned to always recognize doorways and it can automatically then create activity zones around doors and will send notifications when it registers motion in those activity zones. Nest Aware users, which requires a monthly subscription, can designate activity zones manually. Uh, the change is that Nest Cams and the Nest app can now do that on their own. Now, beyond the door recognition, Nest app, the Nest app gains better alerts for Android and iOS. So, for example, alerts will include a thumbnail image that shows users what's going on at a glance and can let people see animated previews of Nest Cam video clips without even opening the application. Further, when the Nest protects smoke or carbon monoxide detector goes off, any Nest Cams associated with the account will show a live video feed so homeowners can assess uh, what their entryways look like. Lastly, the Android version of Nest Mobile uh, is adding app shortcuts to the home screen uh, so the Nest Mobile application uh, can be then accessed quickly uh, from Android. Uh, the Nest Mobile app is free to download from the Google Play Store and iTunes App Store. Nest Cams, Nest Protect, and Nest Aware are all sold separately. Nest says that the Nest Cam indoor and outdoor cam will receive the door recognition update over the next few weeks. I, this is a very interesting thing that's kind of changed, right? I mean, you've got um, uh, mobile security cameras or home security cameras have been you know a thing for a while. And you know as the internet has kind of built up over the last 20, 30 years, people have started to think about ways to you know monitor their home from afar. But it wasn't until really recently that some of these more consumer-based products have come out and they make it really easy. And I think Nest has done a really good job of making it just ultra easy for people uh, to implement these things and to be able to see what's going on at their home from afar.
right now that people kind of trust the cloud and trust their video stream uh, with a cloud service, because you know you got to kind of remember that uh, anybody at this company could sit there and look at your camera at any time. Essentially, I mean, uh, they they say they don't and they say they can't, but I, I'm sure they can, and and that is kind of a risk that you take by having a, a, a by by using a service like this, and you know the hackability and things like that are just uh, they're always going to be an issue, but. Uh, using the cloud-based services, you've got a lot of computing power behind it. And that's what makes all these kind of services possible where you can define an area on the video and or can automatically see a shape that looks like a door and it will monitor that area and then give you a push notification instantly that this is the case. And all that stuff really um, wouldn't be that con- uh, that that easy or cheap to do on a consumer level uh, without that cloud computing uh, power behind it. So, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting uh, when you think about the, um, you know, where people are kind of focusing this this time and attention uh, on these types of services. And, um, you know, ultimately there's, um, or I shouldn't say the time and attention, but the priority on these types of services, right? And and being able to, um, to see what's going on literally from anywhere in the world in your house or your business or whatever it is, is it's a very powerful tool. Um, and I, I just... I think it's very interesting. I, I, I use some of these types of services, not the Nest product specifically, but I do appreciate um, what is available uh, from these types of, uh, of opportunities. And, and so, um, you know, opportunities that are being presented at least. And I think a lot of people do too, because they're easy to implement. And that's, that's a good thing. And Facebook announcing multiple changes to its video on mobile devices this week. First, sound will fade in and out as users scroll past videos in their newsfeed as long as the phone's volume is turned off. Videos will not automatically play sound when the phone's volume is set to off unless users tap on the video to hear it. People who never want to hear a sound from the newsfeed videos can turn off sound entirely via the app settings. Secondly, Facebook is taking advantage of mobile devices form factor to make vertical videos look better. Moving forward, vertical videos will display a larger preview window to fill more of the phone screen. The larger format is available to all users on Android and iOS. Third, Facebook is making it easier to watch a video and scroll through the newsfeed at the same time. People can minimize videos into a picture-in-picture format that will continue to play in one corner as, uh, of the screen as they browse through their feed. Facebook says Android device users will be able to keep picture-in-picture videos playing in the background even if they exit the Facebook app. Finally, Facebook plans to bring its video to smart TVs and other big screens. The Facebook video app for TV will roll out to the app stores for Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Samsung Smart TV as well. Facebook says support for further platforms will also follow, and that TV application will let people watch videos from their newsfeed as well as uh, those shared by friends' pages or live broadcasts. Questions and comments this week. We've got a couple of comments. First one is from John. He says, okay, guys, I have uh, some information for you. I just switched to the unlimited plan on Verizon. I was on a 30 gig plan with six lines paying $135 a month for line access and then $20 per phone. I had a corporate discount of 18%, which I'm not able to use on unlimited plans with Verizon. Now that I, uh, now with that unlimited plan, I'm paying $110 a month for line access and still at $20 per phone. So after all is said and done, I'm paying approximately $26 less per month for what for what it looks like with every everyone. It depends what plan you're on and how many lines you have. So it works out great for me. I uh, love the show, guys. Keep up the great work, John. 
Yeah, so that, uh, you know, 30 gigs on six lines, depending on the users on the line, you know, going to unlimited, uh, you've got a lot more data for a little bit less, uh, you know, well, not a little bit for, you know, 26 bucks that adds up over the, the course of a year pretty quick for potentially a lot more data. Yeah. And I, I obviously, as you're thinking about this here, uh, if there's one thing we know, John, unlimited plans are at the very least going to be able to provide, are, are at least now um, able to be compared to each other. You can now choose how much you want to pay to a carrier and have a very similar plan between all of them. Right. And of course, the great thing is, you know, you don't have to worry about exceeding that uh, uh, data. And I know Verizon, uh, the, the, the price when you'd go over per gigabyte, it's like $15 per gigabyte uh, if you'd go over. So it, it just not, not great and not very consumer friendly. No. And of course they made that, you know, change a couple of weeks ago with the, or a couple of months ago, that is with uh, the new plan that offered to have uh, where you could now get that protection built in where you wouldn't, you'd be able to get slower speeds, but you wouldn't have to pay more. But either way, still nice to see that uh, you get an unlimited option here now from Verizon, if that's what you want to do. And finally, today is a comment from Michael. And he says, Mickey and Joey, in show 557, Mickey talked about how the battery on his Apple Watch can be at 30% at 3 p.m. after not charging it the night before. Uh, I have a smaller, uh, have the smaller first generation Apple Watch. Um, and there are days when my watch is out of juice by 8 o'clock on day one. Even just two days without charging would take a miracle. And just like you guys talked about, I love the sleep tracking on the Fitbit. It's one of the major reasons why I wear both the Fitbit and Apple Watch. I also love the social and competitive parts of the Fitbit experience. If I had to choose one or the other, other I'd choose the Fitbit all day long. I'm continuing continue to be underwhelmed by my Apple Watch, uh, Michael. Um, it, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I agree in some respects that the first generation version uh, is underwhelming, at least at this point, um, you know, with some of the, the other benefits that have come, um, you know, with the faster speeds, uh, you know, that you get with the, the watch. And of course, the I'll say the, the, the direct waterproof uh you know, functionality that's built into it. But um, I still have a lot of hope for this category. I, I own and wear the original version every day. Um, I'm looking forward to the next version. Hopefully it'll be part of the replacement path that I decide to go on. Um, you know, bring, bring on the bigger batteries and built-in sailor is kind of what I have to say about it. Right. So I would think that not uh, being able to get through a full day on the watch seems like an issue. Either your battery's got a problem or maybe there's something running on it that's sucking the battery down faster than normal. Because uh, on my 38 millimeter, uh, you know, what, what do you say? Series zero will, uh, will go three quarters of the way through a second day on the charge. And that's uh, one thing I would expect, you know, and and of course, the, uh, you know, being the underwhelmed by it, I suppose, would say it's, uh, you know, I, there's certain things that really do annoy me. I mean, it, it's supposed to be a watch, whereas most of the time you look at it, the screen's black. And when you, you have to do this really, uh, you know, strange motion to get it to light up or hit the screen to get it to light up, it would be nice if they added the, the, the time that's always there. And then there's other times where notifications come in and it just seems to happen almost uh, by coincidence or just by thought uh, or triggered by the fact that a message is coming in, I want to actually see what time it is. And of course, that screen that pops up doesn't have a time on it. And then you're stuck you know, fiddling with it to get the notification off the screen to see what time it is. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be a watch. Let's actually see the time. And, and just, you know, really, really dumb uh, UI decisions like that just can make you just kind of crazy. And, and why don't they have a clock on the watch? Hello, it's a watch. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think about this in in many respects. Like there are, um, there's a couple of things that I, I I find to be just frustrating with the watch, and and one of them is the fact that you have to watch charge it just about every day. Um, 
at least I, I just kind of plan on throwing it on the charger when I take it off at night. Um, but if you if you do take some care with it, where you turn off the screen so it doesn't automatically light up when you turn your wrist to it, which I know kind of defeats part of the purpose of the watch. But I mean, you do. You, I get used to it. I mean, I, I flip it over and tap on the screen and then put my palm on it to keep the keep it from lighting up all the time. It does, you know, it does a pretty good job with it. The other thing is keep your phone close because the less that the Bluetooth has to work, I found the closer that it is, at least uh, the better the battery is. Um, I find that on the weekends where I don't have my phone in my pocket with me and it's kind of sitting in one part of the house that the battery runs down much faster um, than during the week when I have it kind of pushing a lot of information to it and it, the phone is always with me. So, um, but you know, I, I don't know. I underwhelmed is, uh, I think it's still a word that I use with it. Although I, I do appreciate the, the actual stuff, uh, that comes with it, you know, with, with kind of the, the instant notification to your wrist and, and kind of the, kind of the, the nature of it. That is a lot more, um, you know, I, I don't ever, I don't ever have it vi- ring at me. It always just vibrates. And that I really appreciate that because it, it makes it much more, um, covert to be able to check things. Right. And, and you know what, I, I don't, th- it's kind of strange, but you know, the watch really shouldn't be anything that's that exciting. It, it should be kind of seen as kind of the tool or maybe a slight extension of the iPhone. Um, you know, I, I guess I, I, my expectations are pretty low for it, and maybe that's uh, not normal. I, but I, I, I don't know if you should really expect to be excited or, or really think the, the watch is really engaging because I, I think it is kind of, while it can, you know, message and email and, and it can do a bunch of things, it, it does them okay. It's, you know, it's obviously a much better with the, the, the new, the OS three, I think they've done a lot of tweaks to improve it. And I, and for me, I'm much more satisfied than I was originally when I first got it. Um, but there, there, there's a lot of room to improve upon the experience. Uh, but it, it really is kind of a passive device where you're just kind of receiving information most of all. And, uh, I, I just don't think it's ever going to be that exciting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you're, you're kind of wrong. Um, but again, it's, you know, you, what else are you going to be able to do with this thing? Right. I mean, it's, 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 the screen is so small. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be significant limitations with that. Um, you know, but perhaps there are other things that will be thought of that get added into this, maybe with voice. I think voice is one of the bigger things with it. It's, I, I've absolutely started to feel like it's been, um, just the way that I prefer to communicate uh, and respond to text messages specifically if I have the opportunity to um, because they, you know, I'll get the little notice on the wrist. I'll open it up. I'll see it. I'll hit response and respond via Siri. And for the most part, it is maybe 90% accurate. Um, and if I don't like it, I can always hit cancel and try again. But half the time I just hit send. And even though that there's errors in it, it's it's a quick response and it's a quick way of doing it. And as you're kind of doing all sorts of stuff and you know, you're busy in your life. It's easy and quick to be able to do that. And I love, I kind of love that nature of it. So, um, it's, uh, it's definitely not something for everybody. Not everybody needs the watch. In fact, I would argue that I don't need the watch, but, um, but I, I love the functionality that it provides. And so hopefully, um, we can, uh, we can continue to take advantage of it and we keep getting iterations of this that, uh, you know, we will be able to use and love in the years ahead. Well, if you have any questions or comments for us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com or uh, leave us a voicemail by calling 650-999-0524. And either way, we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at the cell phone junkie.com.